because ethylene and now ACC have very similar roles. Um, and it seems like it, it's created this whole potential area of plant physiological research that, you know, they just thought it was just like a, a step, you know, like the same way how a cone is just there to hold my ice cream, you know, but there's no purpose on <laughs> it. Right. Right. But, right. Like, right. Like, but oh, you can shoot. eat the, no, cone. Like the cone. Oh my gosh. The cone actually helps create the ice cream. You know, like what if it did a lot more than just hold it? Hi. My name is Irfan Vafai with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. And I'm Vikram Baliga with Texas Tech University. And this is Jolly Green Scientists, a podcast where we digest research articles and findings from trade magazines pertaining to the green industry and regurgitate them for you. And this week, we're talking about an article called Ethylene's Fraternal Twin Steals the Spotlight. And uh, this was written by Brom Vandepol in Nature Plants. Uh, and pretty much it is talking about um, ACC signaling, which is uh, aminocyclopropane one carboxylic acid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, look, you're just, I understand that last episode I was using big words. I, it's you your have fault. to come around this episode trying to one up me here. I, you know, I do what I do. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, so, so. What is this compound? Okay, so the abbreviation is ACC, which is very close to ACDC. It is. It it's is. But less exciting. Their their music's not as good. Yeah. ACC is not as good. <laughs> uh, and it is not the um, Atlantic, what, college conference? Whatever the eighth, the football thing. I don't, I don't know if you watch Yeah, foot, foot thing. Yeah, I think that's. The foot, the foot thing. Hand egg. The hand ball, egg. Foot thing. Yeah. Um, so ACC is a plant uh, hormone. And it's used in a biological signaling in a lot of processes. And so we'll try not to get too down in the weeds um, on this episode, I think, because there is a lot of jargon in this article that we're talking about oh, yeah. and lots of chemical compounds that, you know, if you don't know much about plant metabolism, probably don't mean anything at all to you. Which uh, I don't. So, so reading this was kind of fun because I was Googling <laughs> like every other word. Googling furiously as you went along. <laughs> yes. Um, it's pretty interesting, though. So uh, in the past, um, since oh, the late 70s, there's a uh, Adams and Yang paper in 1979 that established that ACC was kind of a um, pre precursor or a very important link in the chain of ethylene biosynthesis. So ethylene is a plant hormone that uh, essentially drives... I want to say ripening. That's not exactly the right word, but it drives the the process like aging of, or maturing, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it drives maturity in plants or or senescence in plants. So, uh, essentially, what that means is, um, in the case of fruits, it causes ripening. So, ethylene is what causes a fruit to ripen. Um, but in other processes, it signals things like. Uh, it's important in germination. So, uh, when should the plant begin to carry out different biological processes, um, botanical process. So um, it needs to start producing flowers or fruits or uh, different things at different times of the year. And ethylene is a very important um, biological chemical in that. And and so very important in um, reproduction, very similar, uh, similar chemical, similar, simple chemical like compound. Simple. It's uh, like two, two carbons, right? That are double, that have a double bond and they each have two, they're hanging on to two hydrogens. Yes. Um, and I, and, and I think this is the reason why, and you can tell me if I'm, if this is like a myth, but I have heard or understand that apples 
uh, release ethylene. And so whenever I want to ripen, say, my avocados or my green bananas, I put them in the same container next to a bunch of apples, hoping that they will ripen quicker. Apple, really, actually, any fruit will release ethylene as it ripens. Are there some and, that release higher concentrations than others? Yeah, and it's very much a physiological thing. So um, apples have a very thin skin, right? So um, as they ripen, and, and there's some... I've heard it a couple of different ways. Probably some of the ACC is produced in the seeds of the fruit and in, in the flesh as it ripens. And because of the thin skin of an apple, it can release a lot of that. Um, bananas also release a ton of ethylene as they ripen. Oh. And as you know, a banana will go from firm green banana to pile of mush in about mm. six minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, six minutes and, uh, was like the max I got once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you don't get to keep your bananas very long. So buy like one banana at a time. Um, so should but, you isolate, should you keep them all in quarantine from each other? Will that decrease the debt the, and like have a fan blowing over it to, like <laughs> to clear that away? Yeah. So I mean, th there are some different ways to do it. Um, uh, cooling obviously will reduce ethylene production. So keeping them yeah. in, in the refrigerator, freezer, whatever. Probably not freezer. Uh, you can freeze a lot of things, and you know it. Uh, kind of locks them in. And that's what they do a lot with fruits is they'll flash freeze them, right? Mm -hmm. So they harvest ripe strawberries and then flash freeze them. And that stops ethylene production. It stops this ripening process and it locks in all the nutrients. So actually flash, so frozen fruit is actually pretty nutrient dense because it has gone through this whole ripening process. They've picked a very ripe fruit and they flash frozen it to to Interesting. Stop this Whereas like fresh fruit often might be picked before it's fully ripe. So it might not have that full nutrients in there. Exactly. And so what they do with ethylene a lot is uh, it, we'll talk about apples. You mentioned apples. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope this doesn't ruin apples for anyone, but <laughs> uh, apples have a fairly short season, you know, in, in the U S it's harvest usually season, the fall. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Harvest season, the fall. Um, so they are picked and warehoused uh, all over the world. And, they're warehoused fairly green. Um, apples will mature off the plant. Not all fruits do. Some fruits won't ripen off the plant, but apples do fairly readily. Uh, so they pick them green and they put them in, an, in, a, in a warehouse, essentially a climate-controlled warehouse, where they replace all the oxygen and everything else with nitrogen, right? So it is a nitrogen room where the apples are not frozen, but they're pretty close. And uh, they can warehouse like that for a year. Wow. So your apple that you buy at the supermarket may have been picked like last year sometime. And so that's why like just now we, we pretty much um, were in apple season, maybe still like a little bit at the mm -hmm. tail end of apple season. Yeah. And, and I would imagine those are ones that are frequently picked maybe fresh and ripe because that's when like they taste the best right around this yes. time of year. Right. Sure. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and so I guess now related to that, right? So we we refrigerate or freeze or do something to prevent the ethylene from being produced. And that's because, like you mentioned, this ACC is the precursor, right? So ACC, yeah. there is like this ACC oxidase, this uh, enzyme that comes in and makes ACC into ethylene. And you, we want to prevent that. So one way right. is through, through cooling. Yes. And, and so, yes, you stop this metabolic pathway, essentially, and it, it stops this ethylene from being produced. And then uh, just to finish that last thought, it, when they're ready to ripen the apples, they'll pump the, the warehouse full of ethylene. 
right? So, wow. so either some in some cases they will let them ripen naturally, but to time it well, they'll take a batch that's about to go to market. They'll pump the room full of ethylene and start that ripening process, and then they go to the shelf, right? So, I need that for my avocados, so they're ready right when I want them. Right, exactly. Just a little ethylene. So you could throw a banana in the bag and just be very careful. Yeah, uh, well, and, yeah. You know, it needs to ripen within a few minutes. Otherwise, if I walk away and come back, I feel like that avocado is gone. Like then it's, you have two piles of mush. Well. You have yeah. banana mush and avocado mush, Yeah, um, <laughs> which is a millennial we should be very excited about. Uh, so, yeah. So the, the the whole idea is that they're trying to stop this ACC pathway because they think or or the convention has always been that ACC leads to ethylene. That's what causes ripening and maturity and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what they started to look at is some plants that do not produce ethylene or that ethylene is not an important part of the sexual reproduction system. So what they, what they started to look at were things like algae uh, and to see if ACC itself could cause maturation in algae, which is a, you know, non seed bearing photosynthetic plant ish like organism, right? In, in this paper, at least in nature plants, which I would give quite a bit of credence to, (laughs) uh they're they're categorizing algae as plants though not everyone will do that um and and so they um used acc in um some of these plants that do not use ethylene in the process and they saw that they could actually trigger uh the sexual reproductive stage in some of these plants so what's interesting is is acc for a long time was thought of as just a step in the chain towards ethylene. Yeah, like in its own right, it, it did not have any major significance. Right. It was just a, it was just a precursor to well, this is a very important plant chemical. But what we're starting to see is that, and this is a very recent paper. This was published on October 26th of this year. Uh, so we're just starting to see that, oh, ACC may have independent uh, importance in these plant systems. Yeah. And when, so what was really interesting was that ACC is still found in plants that do not fruit or seed. And the question was why, you know, if it's just this precursor to ethylene that's used in seeding and fruiting plants, like of what benefit is ACC in a plant that does not produce fruit or seed? So they actually knocked out this particular enzyme that helps that's, that's required for producing ACC in algae. And by knocking it out, they basically found that the clonal development that these fungi typically undergo was basically ceased, like they stopped their reproduction. Right. And, and so that was really interesting because they, they, this is where this, you know, they call them these fraternal twins because ethylene and now ACC have very similar roles. Um, and it seems like it, it's created this whole potential area of plant physiological research that, you know, they just thought it was like just like a, a step, you know, like the same way how, a cone is just there to hold my ice cream, you know, but there's no purpose on it. But you can eat the cone. cone, Oh my gosh. The cone actually helps create the ice cream. You know, like what if it did a lot more than just hold it? Cones are magical. Yeah. And that's why this is like in nature, right? Like this is a a big deal. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting when we start to challenge, um, especially biologically, some of our, our very well-established and very well-held ideas mm-hmm. about how these biological processes work. And, you know, this article talks about how many doors this opens up 
yeah. uh, in, in terms of research. Because if, um, you know, I, I tend to think in some ways about the ways that we drive biological processes. And if, if our goal was to, okay, we're going to stop ethylene production uh, for this reason or this other reason, maybe we can take it a couple of steps back further. Like in, and like you said, knock out um, these signaling proteins and all these other things that go into the process of ACC production itself. Uh, and, and if we can inhibit it, um, that opens up a lot of, um, I, I would say, avenues for plant control, plant uh, uh, pest control in, in specifically. So like if you've got weeds, maybe you inhibit the ACC and, and go farther back in the pathway. Right. Uh, and they they also talk about uh, you know uh, another difference between ethylene and ACC in this case is that ethylene is a volatile gas, right. whereas ACC is not volatile; it doesn't just go into the air. Right. And so they have very different chemical properties, and yet they can play some very similar and or important roles in in plant biology. So by further understanding ACC and its signaling pathways to do all these things that they didn't know it did before, right? Uh, we can like all of a sudden, yeah, manipulate plants in much different ways we didn't know before. So yeah, you mentioned you know one which is like weed control, but maybe plant growth regulators, maybe manipulating plant defenses, maybe sure. manipulating plant reproductive rate, um, you know, all, and yields and so on and so forth. So there's all these interesting potential applications that could come out of it. Which is really just, a, a, again, a fascinating study on, um, if, yeah, I, I guess I just kind of said this, but on evaluating our understanding. And, and I think in science, that is, uh, th this, this for me, this is a very interesting study in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. that, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when it talks about, uh, a, a little bit about um, ACC signaling in, um, different ferns and sporadophytes and things like that, but also in Arabidopsis and in a few mm -hmm. other flowering plants and, and how uh, the pathways are similar in some ways and, and different in a lot of ways. But what, uh, what this says to me on a grander scale um, is that we have to be careful in science to constantly question our notions, Yeah, right? Absolutely. Constantly dive deeper into our, um, notions and 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 it's and it's an interesting thing because in in science that's what we're supposed to do right <laughs> right that we're supposed to constantly question yeah but sometimes maybe we don't as well as we should and so it's interesting that for me to see uh, and exciting and encouraging for me to see scientists going back uh, sort of the drawing board on some of these and saying okay what other ways could we approach this process what other things can we glean out of something that was a, a fairly tightly held belief before? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's as a part of a role of a, a budding scientist that's just been signaled by ACC is to look at some of these assumptions in your uh, particular field, see whether they are substantiated, see what hasn't been done and go back and challenge those. And you know, what's remarkable about this scenario, uh, as an example, what I'd like to draw attention to the listeners is to stress the importance of basic research, right? So by doing this research, trying to understand this particular chemical pathway, they weren't necessarily looking for a very applied science. They weren't right. looking for a way to help growers directly. They weren't looking for ways to solve a particular problem. It was to understand a specific mechanism in the plants. From this, we can start to create potentially a whole suite of applied sciences. But, you know, I, I think that kind of stresses the importance. I think uh, a lot of times 
if we're not involved in this type of basic research, we can start to think that a lot of it is, you know, maybe not as useful or or doesn't really help our economy. Um, but however, you know, it just goes to show how important, you know, even though this this stuff costs a lot of money to do, can have some um, very important applied implications for our future of agriculture and horticulture. Oh, absolutely. And and we think about the way that plants grow individually, but then even uh, to, to take that even a step further, uh, not only in individual plants, but in plant communities, how are these things important? So uh, if we look at the interaction, so th- the interesting thing here specifically, and you mentioned this a minute ago that uh, ACC is not a volatile gas, but mm-hmm. uh, ethylene is. Well, ethylene as a volatile gas plays important roles in plant to plant signaling and plant community signaling. Um, what would be interesting to see, uh, in, in, you know, subsequent research is in some of these plants where ethylene is not important, like does not, you know, maybe produced, does something like ACC play a similar role just through a different mechanism? Are there Mm -hmm. different ways that non, uh, uh, plants that maybe don't produce as many of the volatile compounds, some of the, uh, non-flowering, non-seed bearing plants, um, do they use some of these same uh, chemicals in this pathway to signal between community, but within the community, or is there some whole process that we don't understand yet? Is there? It just it. I, I don't know. I get excited reading things like this because of how many new research and new avenues of discovery there are, and that it, that it points towards. I mean, absolutely. I think you know, and this is one of the things that pulled me into being passionate about research and science was the detective work, essentially, right? The mystery of this whole other box of things that we don't know yet and we can investigate. And, uh, you know, so I think um, this absolutely is one of those papers that says, hey, guys, there's a chest, a chest trove of uh, (laughs) delicious pieces of information here yet to be discovered. And I think that's, you know, that's the the whole idea here is just to inspire new research projects into understanding ACC and its role in uh, plant signaling. There was a line in here that I thought was very interesting. As with fraternal twins, both ethylene and ACC have evolved together side by side, yet they developed distinct features, earning them the right to be two independent signaling molecules who still like to hang out together. Uh, <laughs> I highlighted that as well. <laughs> I really like that sentence. Yeah. Um, because it's funny because it starts off very scientifically and then it's like, and they hang out. Yeah, they you know? still like to hang out together. <laughs> but, but for me, uh, and this is this is kind of an aside, but that is very good science communication in my opinion, which is Absolutely. why nature is nature, right? Yeah. Nature journal is nature journal that yeah. uh, it's like, oh, here's a whole lot of information and then let's make it relatable. But from a, from a scientific standpoint, um, the, these co-evolutions are very important to um, start to delve into. And, uh, you know, there are plenty of things that evolved just as part of a pathway, but uh, I think if we look into not just this, but even in other biological systems, we may find that these steps in these pathways may play more and more roles on their own. That, that there is no quote unquote link in the chain that is unimportant. They just, you know, they, they also probably many serve multiple purposes more than we uh, currently understand and currently uh, like to discuss. Absolutely. 
So I think with that uh, little nugget of inspiration in your minds, I know all you listeners are right now thinking, oh, wow, what, what research experiments can I do right now with ACC? So we'll leave you with that. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, my name, again, is Irfan Vafai with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Now I'm Vikram Baliga with Texas Tech University. Y'all have a nice fortnight. <laughs>